Hi guys, Catherine here. I am still recording from my bedroom closet, but now that Boston is starting to reopen, we thought it was as good a time as any to start a new season. So I still really miss Molly and can't wait to be back in the studio with her. And of course, we are all somewhat apprehensive um, about this next phase of entering the new normal, but we're also really excited and really optimistic uh, and happy that Boston restaurants are starting to reopen. So we will still be talking to chefs and restaurant owners um, and getting their take on everything that's happening and hearing reports from their restaurants, and I hope that you'll join us. Today I'm going to be interviewing Shira Stoll from NBC Boston, and this is a little bit different because usually we talk to chefs and restaurant owners, uh, but it'll be fun to chat with another media person. She has been hosting the food uh, podcast, The Dish I Miss. Uh, normally she's you know, producing digital content for NBC, uh, but lately she's been also diving into the Boston restaurant scene um, to hear how chefs are coping, uh, just like we've been doing, and I'm curious to hear what her experience has been like. Hi guys, I wanted to tell you about a really great personal care brand that we love called Curie. They've always had a deodorant that's aluminum-free that works really well that we adore, but they recently released a hand sanitizer that is super moisturizing and smells delicious. There's different scents like grapefruit or orange neroli or white tea. Uh, you have to check them out. So if you click a link in our show notes, you will get 20% off your order, or you can go to their website, curiebod.com. That's C-U-R. R-I-E-B-O-D.com and use the code TFL20 at checkout. So Shira, I was just listening to your podcast um, and I loved it. I was listening to the Tanam. I listened to the Tanam episode and I've listened to the Orinoco episode. Two of my favorite ones. Right? They, it was, well, I picked well then. <laughs> I was biased because I actually, I was lucky enough to cook with the chef from Orinoco a million years ago when I went to the BU culinary program. He came in and, and chatted, so I was really excited to hear what he had to say. Um, but, I mean, you and I have both been kind of having these conversations with chefs during this really, really challenging time. Um, and I love that you used the dish. I mean, the name of your podcast is The Dish I Miss. And um, I love that you use that as kind of an entry point to chatting with them. But I wanted to hear a little bit about how you started the podcast and what your thoughts were um, with the project. Sure. So, um, yeah, I love the name. Um, I didn't come up with it. <laughs> um, actually, my executive producer, Asher Klein, came up with it. It was actually the entire podcast was uh, kind of his own mind creation. Um, I mean, we we had uh, as a team, we had talked at NBC, we had talked about um, you know, starting a a podcast a about coronavirus, but we didn't want it to be kind of a sad, you know, in you know, we didn't want to do any kind of investigation into it or anything like that. We wanted it to be kind of light, kind of kind of fun that people can get away from the everyday um, sadness of people dying, of the of the the numbers constantly going up and. Um, and we, we t kind of settled on this idea of food and how food brings people together, um, and how people miss eating out right now. I mean, I, and I know I do. Um, and, and the, so in the, in the trailer of the episode, it goes into a little bit about, um, my story. So I moved to Boston in December. I just moved just before coronavirus hit. So I was so excited to, learn about, you know, Boston culture. I was excited to move to a new city. And, you know, about three months in, 
everything closed down. And so I wasn't really able to go out and explore, go out and see the restaurant scene or or even do touristy things in Boston. I'm originally from New York, but I've only been to Boston maybe two or three times. Um, so I was so excited and, and then everything kind of just like stopped, you know. Um, and of course, it was a really sad time constantly just being inside. Um, and so, yeah, so we just really wanted to to do something that we thought would lift the spirits of our listeners. Um, um, but also, of course, touching on the fact that the restaurant industry is closed down and what were people, what were chefs specifically trying to do in order to make make the their situation better or or just really what what was going to happen, you know, what was going to happen with coronavirus. Right. And have you hosted a podcast before or like how did this come to no. be? No. <laughs> so no, not at all. Um yeah, I mean, I think Asher just um he he basically said he was like he was like you have you have a good voice, like you are interested in in interviewing people. I've I've been so um I guess backtracking a little bit. So I've um, I've been a photographer actually my entire life since I was about seven. Um, and I went to school, I studied, um, I went to Syracuse, I studied, um, photography, I studied journalism, video journalism for both my undergrad and graduate degrees. So I'm a video producer at NBC Boston. Um, so honestly, what I've been doing was just making videos about, you know, of course, like the news and, and news traffic, you know, breaking news traffic, weather. Um, and then we also, I'm on the digital team. So we have a lot of room to grow and, and create different projects. So um, actually before coronavirus hit, when I, when I first started, I was doing this, uh, this video series called the Boston Bucket List, where I was learning uh, all different things about Boston. Um, and actually, I learned a little bit about the food scene there because I did a couple of, um, or at least I, I learned how to make the Boston cream pie, which was honestly one of my favorite episodes of that. Um, and, and yeah, so I've, I've been interviewing people for years, um, working on video stories. Um, and so my, uh, Asher basically said, you know, I, I think you'd be a great host for the show. Um, and, and, you know, how interesting is it that you just moved to Boston and you, you know nothing really about the food scene. What if you explored from your apartment? What if you learned how to, like, what the Boston scene, the food scene in Boston looks like from your apartment? <laughs> so that's kind of how it happened. Right. And so I'm sure you have, like, a pretty big list now of places Absolutely. to visit. Um, and I'm I'm curious because, obviously, and we're going through the same thing with this, like, mini season that, because, you know, as you may or may not know, this podcast normally happens, like, in person in the PRX podcast garage like with me and my co-host Molly and instead it's now like me in my attic <laughs> interviewing people like you over the phone um but I'm sure you have this big you know bucket list now and things are starting to reopen I actually went to lunch today with my husband and son like outside I'm curious you know what do you see for the future of this podcast and have you started to hear anything different or hear the the tone be different from your subjects yeah that's a great question so um we're trying to explore with things reopening, right? The name's a dish I miss. So if things reopen, you know, what, what does that really mean for the future of, of our podcast? But I think what we're doing now is we're exploring with the reopening. So, of course, the, the outdoor dining, um, well, well, today indoor dining opened up, but um, previously it was outdoor dining. And so I think we're, we're trying to explore what it, it will mean for 
our chefs. And I think something that's been really interesting, and I'm sure you've heard about this too from interviewing chefs, um, is, you know, are people necessarily are, are people going back and and how long is it going to take until people are comfortable comfortable going back um i know uh personally my mom is is kind of the type that she's like i'm never you know i don't see myself going back to restaurants for a long time and i know a lot of people that share that same sentiment so yeah. um i think the con- well the the conversations i'm having now with chefs are okay we're we're reopening we're trying all these different things are we going to get the same you know profits are we going to be able to really sustain um moving forward so i think that's that's definitely the future of our podcast of where we want to go with it um and then you know there's also this potential fear of a second phase so if there is a second phase we've been thinking about okay well you know maybe that's a another season of the show um so that's really where where we're headed now yeah it's such an interesting time and i'm i'm curious before this happened were there any restaurants that you got to visit that really kind of resonated with you or like, what is your take as a new transplant? Definitely. So um, actually, uh, one of one of my assignments was um, there was when the Australian wildfires were happening, there was uh, KO Pies in East Boston. They held a Barbie that like all these restaurants came together. Um, and so I went to KO Pies and I um, met Sam Jackson, who's the owner there. And um, I loved his meat pies there um so that place has resonated with me just like I mean yeah of course I was on the job actually doing a story there but um I and I haven't gone back yet and I've been I've been wanting to go back there um I also uh I mean there's there's a couple places I'm also so I'm from New York um uh there's there's kind of a, probably this there's this New England uh uh New York rivalry over pizza uh, yes. um so you know I I've been in constant search of finding the best pizza in Boston, um, and I think I found it. Uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> big secret here. So uh, <laughs> there's this place in Brookline called Pizzeria Dante, and it is so good. Um, it is one of the. It's the closest I've found. I'm not going to name all the places I tried, <laughs> but it is the closest I've found um, to New York pizza. So that place has really resonated with me, um, especially in you know with all the takeout delivery happening. Uh, been go- I've been ordering from there quite a bit. Right. Um, <laughs> I've never actually been there, and I mean this is embarrassing because I've been a food writer in Boston for like well over a decade, and somehow I never made it there. So that's certainly going to have to add that to my list. And what part of the city do you live in? I live in Brookline. You live in Brookline. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of great food over there. Yep. And if you're good, I mean, I am I am so proud of Boston on so many levels. Our bagel scene is like not a lot to write home about, but if you are going to find a decent like New York style bagel, it's probably going to be in Brookline. Although I will say like Bagelsaurus in Somerville I think is the best bagel around. I'm just going to throw it out there. But I have not been there yet. And being from Long Island, bagels are a big deal too. Um. Yeah, bagels and pizza, like, I mean, I'm not going to say that we can, we can beat New York in those <laughs> arenas. But so are you directly from New York to Boston or were you somewhere else in between? So I've, I'm from Long Island uh, and then I was in Syracuse and I've like I studied abroad a couple times. So I've lived in uh, Madrid and um, in London for a little bit. And then um, I moved to Staten Island in New York, where I was at a newspaper called the Staten Island Advance for uh, a little over two and a half years before moving here. Cool. So I was a video photojournalist there. Awesome. Awesome. 
And um, overall, I mean, it's strange times to be coming to a new city, but I mean, do you think you're going to stay? Honestly, <laughs> To put yeah. you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so honestly, yes, I, I want to stay at least for like a, a while longer. I also feel like moving to Boston when coronavirus hit is was just not the ideal time. So I want to also give Boston more of a shot because, you know, sure. to to just leave after, you know, this, it'd be kind of silly. So yeah, I, I, I want to explore Boston. I want to give it a couple years, make sure that, you know, this is a great, it's, I hear so many great things about it. And I just feel like I moved here and I haven't been able to really explore that much. So um, yeah, I definitely want to give it time. My whole family's in New York. So, um, you know, moving back there eventually will pot- potentially be my goal. At least that I've always sure. thought that. But um, who knows? Maybe I'll fall in love with Boston and stay here forever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm open to it. <laughs> we'll see. Well, we have we have lots of lots of good food for you. And I'm curious, uh, like your job at NBC. So you this food this food podcast is obviously like a new fun project. And you said there's a lot of um, kind of wiggle room there for new experiments. Is there anything else like in the food realm that you guys are excited about or working on that's kind of kind of new or, or interesting? I don't know about in the food realm right now. I know. So I've, I've been working on um, kind of a side, uh, not really side, well, yeah, side project, I guess, um, of the protests that have been going on right now. Um, so I've been doing this project uh, called Protesters in Portrait, where I was interviewing the protesters about, you know, why they were out there, what, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement means to them. Um, and we put it together in these uh, five different uh, videos, basically just talking about what they're protesting for. And we have a big yeah. special. Uh, it's going to be airing on Friday um, on NECN. Uh, at 7.30. So we're excited about that, where they're going to show all of the videos with all the faces that we've interviewed um, about their their movement. So I'm excited about that launching. Um, and and then, yeah, and, in ter- and I guess in terms of other food ideas, I mean, really, we're just trying to f- focus on the on this podcast. But I think that if the, um, you know, we're going to kind of see where coronavirus takes us because right now um, I'm not really going in any spaces to film just as a precaution for my safety. So, um, but I think that if that settles a little bit, I'd like to do something with the dish I missed potentially with making, adding a video component as a video producer. Um, But I'm not totally sure exactly where that's going to go, especially with coronavirus. So, um, cause I think that it, it, you know, I'd love to be able to like show the dish being made, like the dish that they miss, you know, now that they're back right. in the, in the restaurants, you know? Um, so I would love to have that be, um, kind of a, a secondary component. Sure. And just to circle back a little bit of what you were talking about with the Black Lives Matter and the protests, and that sounds mm-hmm. like such an interesting project that you're working on. Has there been any kind of overlap between, like, I'm curious as a journalist and with the podcast, how are you thinking about covering that? aspect of, you know, black, whether it's black owned businesses or, um, you know, the black restaurant community, how is that kind of intersected? Cause I know it's something we think a lot about at the food lens and I'm, you know, we're both, you know, white females covering this. I'm, I'm curious how you're thinking about that. 
Definitely, yeah. Um, so, so we are thinking about that. Actually, our our next episode um, is uh, is from a, a black owned restaurant, um, which I I guess I can't really say just yet, like which one we're doing. Spoiler but, alert! Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. But yeah, but yeah, I think I mean that's definitely something that we're working towards being more conscious about as well, and just you know as a community, as a I'm sorry, as a company as a whole, um, it's something that we've been having a lot of conversations about um, and working towards you know being better with diversity in our coverage and things like that. So I think that's definitely something that we're thinking about moving forward with the podcast of of making sure that we're covering um, black communities as well. The, you mentioned the Tanam episode. Yep. So we interviewed Sasha Coleman um, about her experience and actually Kaisha Davenport, who owns uh, Tanam with Sasha. Um, happened to be at a protest and we were interviewing her uh, just about the movement. And at the time, so I'm so I'm the person behind the camera and I, I work with uh, Kwani Lunis, who's our social media producer, who's been asking the questions. Um, and so at the time, we were moving in the protest, so I, I didn't catch her name at first. So I was just interviewing this person and, you know, about her experience, you know, in the Black Lives Matter movement, what it means to her. And as I'm, I went home in the edit, uh, I was like, wait, Kaisha. Davenport. I know she owns Tanam with Tasha. So yeah, and then so we connected actually on Instagram. We've been talking a little bit about, you know, potentially what what Tanam is going to look like because they are such a small space. Um, and, you know, trying to open up and be socially distant might not may not be great for their uh, restaurants. So they've been talking about ideas of how they can um, potentially open up. So we've been talking a little bit about that. So maybe it'll be a second part of uh, the Tanam. We'll see. Yeah. Boston isn't a huge city. I mean, that that's really interesting. And I mean, that is such a challenge, you know, that I hear over and over from restaurateurs. It's just, you know, the margins are so slim. And even with full houses in full capacity, it's a challenge. And so, you know, I was having a conversation with Pam Willis from Pammy's in Cambridge the other day. And she was like, let's not kid ourselves, people. Like, there's one week of the year that it's pleasant to dine outside in Boston. And she was kind of kidding around. But, I mean, it's true. Like, we live in New England. We can't rely on outdoor dining to be the saving grace, especially long term. So I've been so impressed by how, you know, scrappy. I would say, like, restaurant people are the scrappiest and smartest of them all. But there's no getting around that this is a huge challenge as say diners even are willing to eat inside, you know, navigating that 50% capacity, it's a, it's a huge challenge. Has any, have any of your um, guests spoken to that at all? Or I know we're just getting into the indoor dining piece. So, um, yeah, so, so not, not totally because a lot of the um, interviews that I've done was before the, the uh, uh, indoor dining was really something that they thought would happen soon. Um, but yeah, but I, mean, you know, especially, so what God was saying with Tanam, you know, they, they can't have indoor dining and be socially distant. So, um, you know, and they don't have an outdoor space. So, you know, they were talking about, or Sasha said in the interview, she was potentially thinking of renting a different space, you know, completely moving their restaurant so that they can adapt to the the new guidelines. Um, you know, and it's also, you know, at least just something that that I've learned from the conversations too. Like, they're, first of all, the restaurants aren't making the same profits that they were before. Plus now they have to, there's so many added costs. They have to add glass barriers or, um, you know, trying to figure, and then having less people in the restaurant. I mean, it's really still not going to be back to normal for a long time. Um, so, and I think that's something the, the chefs that I've spoken to are trying to figure out, well, how can we do that in the best way possible? And, you know, and Tanam's 
case, maybe it's finding a new place altogether. But then it also, it's sad because the the whole idea of that restaurant is being in an intimate space and, and, you know, people eating with their hands and this community element. And now they can't have that same idea. So it's also just going to change so many restaurant space ideas that like, Okay, yeah, so, some restaurants, very traditionally, you know, you go to a table and you have your food, but some, you know, are like, we're like jazz clubs or these places that you are used to being so together with people are now just a completely different experience. So I think that's something that a lot of the restaurants are, are, are coping with, of trying to, you know, get their space back to some kind of normal without completely changing their idea. Right. The words I keep hearing over again are like community and hospitality and like how do we how do we continue that in this new normal, as you said, this new space. So, you know, we will have to see. Um, but I'm so grateful that there's people like you covering it. Um, and it's been really, you know, fun to talk to somebody who's who's having similar conversations uh, with, with everyone. So is there any, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share about the podcast or projects you're working on or, or anything else? I just want to say I think it's awesome that both of us are doing very similar things in bringing the community together, the community of Boston. You know, you said you've been here about 10 years. I've been here six months. But, you know, obviously there's Boston itself. It's a community and and bringing people together. And I love that we're both doing that, you know. Clearly, the food scene here is not like any other place. It's the chefs are... Are amazing. Every chef I've spoken to has been so like kind and caring about the people that they serve and kind and caring about just like wanting to know too about my experience and what I want to know about Boston. And I just, I don't know. I'm I'm starting to really like Boston just from exploring it from my apartment, which is so funny because that was the whole idea of the dish I missed. So um yeah, I'm just I'm it's so nice to talk to you and and meet you virtually and um, yeah, I hope we both, you know, can, I, first of all, I hope I meet you someday in person. And yeah, I, I hope we can sit down for a real meal in real life in a, in a, in a restaurant or outside a restaurant. And I'm happy that we can break some of the stereotypes as New England being the most curmudgeonly unfriendly people on earth, which is like kind of totally <laughs> fair, but I'm happy that you've had a positive experience so far. So far, yeah. It's a special place. It is a special place. I'm biased, but I really think we have, you know, a pretty great restaurant community here. Maybe we can grab a slice of Pizzeria Dante sometime. <laughs> yes, yes. And you can school me in the finer points of New York pizza. I would yes. love that. Well, <laughs> thank good. you so much. And where can we um, check out your podcast? What is the best way to tune in? Sure. Um, you can go to NBCBoston.com slash the dish I miss. Awesome. Well, thank you, Shira. Um, we will be sure to check it out. Um, and we will also look for your upcoming piece. When when and where did you say that it's airing from the from the Black Lives Matter protests? Um that so the Black Lives Matter protests will be on NECN um at 7 30 p.m. on Friday. Awesome. Well, this is gonna air before then, so we will be sure to check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. All right, bye. Okay, bye-bye. A little bit of good news, guys. Row 34 in both Boston in the seaport and in Portsmouth, New Hampshire are now open for row to go. So if you've been hoping for lobster rolls or clam chowder or any of their other tasty treats, check out row34.com and use promo code TFL15 at checkout for 15% off your order.